Psalm 37, look at verse 3. We do have notes for you. Now this, I will just tell you, this is one of our all-time favorite life scriptures for my wife and I. And it's going to change your life, I believe. Are you ready? Psalm 37, verse 3 through 9. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Everybody say that. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him. And He will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn and justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger. Turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. All you worriers, listen to that. Don't worry. It only leads to evil. For evil men will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Let's all say that. But those who hope in the Lord will what? Inherit the land. Father, come and mess us up with truth tonight. Move in power. Change us. Holy Spirit, come. Do what you love to do. May we leave this place. May we never be the same. Touch those online. Touch those here in the congregation. And touch all those who will have this message. Preach to them from the notes later on in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. You know those little keepsakes you get at weddings? You know, a little take-home something. My, my wife and I, when we got married in December, some day in December, I could take my ring off and tell you what the day is. I have it engraved on the inside. That's a smart man that does that. Amen. I think it's the sixth. Hallelujah. Don't ask me the year. Anyway, we have these keepsakes. There's a cute little bell, and then attached to the bell had this golden thread. Attached to the golden thread was this little card with Psalm 37. For delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. My wife and I, that is a main, a really a, a life scripture for us, one of them. Now, I didn't know that Karen was my wife right away. She knew I was her husband. The Lord gave her Psalm 37.4 and Proverbs 21.1 together. Proverbs 21.1 says, The Lord holds the king's heart and he turns it like a water course or he turns the king's heart like a stream. If you want to pray for government officials, pray for your husband or pray for your wife. King, queen, it all works. God wants to, God, you're trying to see somebody's heart change. You, turn, you pray and God can turn their heart. So I didn't really want to get married. I mean, I was, I was scared of getting married. That's what it was. She was beautiful and, and all that. I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to make a mistake. And I'd had such great intimacy with God that I could understand the Apostle Paul that you never, never needed to be married. And she understood that too, but she had a promise from God that I was to be her husband. And and so she prayed Proverbs 21.1 over me, and I thank God she did. If she didn't, maybe I'd have gone stupid and blown the whole thing. But she prayed. 
that God would turn my heart. And then he gave her Psalm 37, verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of her heart. And so she did that. She began to delight herself in God. And God gave her me. Hallelujah. Now, I, I'm, I'm partially playing there, but I want to talk to you about releasing a miracle. In fact, entitled, Miracle Begins with Desire. A miracle begins with desire. Why is desire so empowering? Well, as you write in your notes, God desires. Everybody say, God desires. Isaiah 55, verse 11, So is my word that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return empty, but will accomplish what I desire. God has desires. Now, desire, I know many of you probably watch too much TV, MTV, raised, you know, maybe not in the church. And so he starts talking about desire, and you're like, kill. Start thinking about another kind of desire. There's really two kinds of desire. God has a desire, and we have desires, of course. Look at two. Desire is tied to our will. It's the basis of choice. You have to choose to love God. Love is not in a vacuum. He's not going to wind you up and send you out like the deist would say. That God created all things, but He wound it up and He just let it go and He sort of watches. That's not how it is. That's not the God of the Bible. He created us, yet He's actively involved in our lives, but we have to, we have to choose Him. Love is not an emotion. Love is a choice. Love is covenant. You know, God doesn't respond to your needs. This, this might irritate you a little bit, but you need to hear this. If God responded to needs, then there would be no starving people in the earth. God does not respond to needs. He does respond to wants. I'll say it that way. Or desire. Or you could say it another way. He responds to faith. Just because you need something doesn't mean you're going to get it. But when you begin to have a desire that God placed there, that's the beginning of a miracle. We're made in God's image, so God has desires, and He's allowed us the privilege of having desires as well. And like I said, there's two kinds of desires, two basic kinds of desires. There's good, everybody say good, and evil. Romans 8 Verse 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. You'll notice in Proverbs 11, verse 23, the desire of the righteous ends only in good but the hope of the wicked only in wrath. Ooh. Proverbs 10.24 What the wicked dread will overtake them. That is a profound thought, by the way. What the righteous desire will be granted. Did you, you need to underline that in the Bible. Underline it. Proverbs 10.24 What the wicked dread will overtake them. What the righteous desire will be granted. It's a promise to you that when God gets it, when there's a desire in your heart. Now, I'm not talking about an evil desire. I'm talking about a good one. That God grants the desires of His people. 
I'm going to go preach to myself back here in just a second. That's revelation if you realize that you have these good desires in your heart. God places them there and then He grants them. God gives a promise to those who have a right desire that it will be granted. The two kinds of desire, there's desire that comes from your fallen human nature that leads to death. And desire that comes from the Spirit of God that leads to life. The desire that comes from the heart of a righteous man or woman, the desire that comes from the Spirit of God, that is the one that God grants if you live rightly. And there's some promises here and some a framework of how to have that happen. In 2 Samuel 23, verse 5, David said, if my house were not right with God, surely he would have made me, he would not have made an everlasting covenant with me, arranged and secured in every part. Surely he would not bring to fruition my salvation and grant me my every desire. This is David saying that basically God has granted his every desire. You know, there's a religious lie that says you to come to church, you just have to bite the bullet, suck it up. Ain't going to be any fun. Got to white knuckle it. Got to obey the Ten Commandments. Quit being so happy. Suck it up. Grab yourself by your bootstraps. I'll tell you something. At the epicenter, the epicenter of joy is the throne room of God. The devil is not the author of joy. The devil is not the author of pleasure. Yet religion would say, the traditions of man, the rudiments of the world would say that pleasure is not good. Oh no, I, I've got news for you. Pleasure's good. So long as it's from God. Being released the right way. Amen. Desire that's a good desire. How many of you have a desire to see your family saved? Now, do you think actually that the devil actually gave you the desire to see your family saved? No. I've had a desire. I mean, I just took the, took the turn down here and had this guy in this beautiful chopped bike, big fat tire on the back. Jack, I almost crashed. He turned in front of me. I was all, Jesus. <laughs> I think I got touched by the Holy Ghost. Does any other man know what I'm talking about? Or you might be a woman that like Harleys too. That's okay. And he just, he turned the corner and he looked at me and I, I told him to go because we kind of came at the same time, you know. I was like, and so he's all, and he just takes off. And I was like, oh. I was like, my hair was standing on end. I have a desire to have a Harley. I had bikes all while I was growing up. Crashed one, almost got killed. But now I'm a little bit more, a little bit more self-controlled. When I saw that, I thought to myself, whew, man, I want one of those. Now, honestly, I've said this before. And every spring, I think I say the same thing. I'm really not sure whether that desire is from my fallen human nature or from God. I'd like to think it's from God. I'm just not sure. So I don't pursue that. I've prayed. I've prayed some crazy prayers in agreement with my wife. I'll see what happens. But I'm really not sure if that's a desire from my fallen human nature or a desire that's from God. I think he wants to bless me, though. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Let me read you some more scripture. Proverbs, uh, Psalm 20, verse 4. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Come on, that's a good prayer to pray over yourself. It's a prayer of the psalmist. Psalm 103. I just love Psalm 103. I'm going to get to verse 5, but I've got to start with verse 1. Praise the Lord, my soul, and, and all my innermost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desire with good things so that your, your youth is renewed like the eagles. All the old people said, Woo! Psalm 145, verse 19. He fulfills the desires of those who fear Him. He hears their cry and He saves them. Think about this. Think about the fact that the God who made everything, He made it all, is concerned about the desire of your heart and wants to actually bring it to fulfillment, the good desire. He doesn't want to bring about the evil one. And it's a promise that He will grant it if we live for Him. Now look at the text. How to see your desire brought about your good desire originating really from the throne, from the heart of God. How to see that happen? The first thing is, if you look at the text, is delight thyself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. <laughs> what does that mean? It basically means this. Enjoy God. Enjoy God. Like we... I think we do pretty well enjoying God here. I mean, I got this. I got this email from somebody who came to church here. They were visiting, or it might have been on Facebook. I forget. I got so many different modes of communication going. It might have been text, or I don't know. Could have been a tweet. And they said they they came to visit us. They went back home, or they were driving home, and. And they left. They were just visiting family up here. They'd come to our church. And they said, man, that church makes our church like we look like we're sleeping. Because what happens in this place is people are delighting themselves in the Lord. There's a joy. There's a, a joy that you have to have. Delight yourself in God. When's the last time you went out with God and just spent time with Him? Without an agenda. I got saved and got free a few years later. Praise God. My favorite thing to do, my all-time favorite thing to do, would be to, to go home and to put on some, some hill songs or something, some really sweet worship music, read some psalms, weep and cry in God's presence. And then when I was moved to, I'd get up, and I'd dance with him. Oh, yeah. Have you ever done that? I dare you. I double dog dare you. Close the door, put the kids to sleep, and just say, Would you? Would you care to dance, Lord? He'd be like, Absolutely. He'll step up and you'll have intimacy and a dance with him that's pure and holy and righteous. And that's delighting yourself in God. 
See, you're freaking me out, Pastor. Well, maybe you've just been in church too long. You're baptized in lemon juice. And if you can't enjoy God's presence, there is something wrong with you. There is something wrong with your salvation if you, if you can't lift your voice and, and express thanksgiving to God. Listen, depressed people can't yell. Did you ever notice that? Depressed people can't shout. Depression is not a fruit that comes from walking with Jesus. Joy is. Enjoying God, delighting yourself in God is. Having communion with Him, delighting yourself in Him. When you delight yourself in God, you position yourself to get your desires answered. I mean, this runs cross-grained to everything that I learned as a kid. I mean, you just go after your desire, make that thing happen. Do everything you can. Get all you can get. Work hard. You do have to work hard, but there's a principle of delight, enjoying God. And when you, come on, in, in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 5, seek first the kingdom of, of God and His righteousness, and He'll do what? He'll add all things. You want to have a blessed marriage? Seek God. Want to your kids blessed? Seek God. Want to have financial resources released? Seek God. Obey God. Live for God. Want to have joy? Quit camping out and having a pity party and fretting about what's not going to happen and all the stuff that you don't have and start rejoicing in the Lord. Start thanking Him. Start worshiping Him. Take your mind off the molehills. Lift your eyes towards the hills where your help comes from. Lift your voice before Him and begin to rejoice. You could be in a devil's hell tonight. You could be in a wheelchair tonight. Quit your belly aching. Come on, you're blessed. You know, sometimes we have things happen like your wife goes to ICU and all of a sudden the Harley thing fades real quick. Come on, wait, 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 let's get some priorities straight. Oh, God. You know, I have uh, honeybees. I got two hives at my house. We just installed them. And uh, now I got this. I got so stung in my neck right there. And I had like an allergic reaction. I used to raise honeybees when I was a kid. But you know, as I got stung, this is the strangest thing. I got, it started with the guy who's kind of discipling me in the honeybee world. I installed my bees, 20,000 bees, two separate hives, two 10,000 each. Installed them, put the queens in, didn't get one sting. No bee veil, no gloves, no nothing. I'm like, I've got dominion. Yeah. The honeybees. I've got authority. And I installed those things, but it was a little freaky, you know? They're all around your head and landing on you and all over your fingers, and you're like, hallelujah. And so I was really just kind of enjoying the power of these things and realizing that they could kill me if they all swarmed, which I had happened many years ago. I didn't die, of course, but 72 bee stings, I think. And I was a little freaked out, but I was able to get through it and didn't get stung. I called my, called my friend and said, hey, man, I installed him. He didn't get stung. He said, don't worry, you will. <laughs> I said, okay, yeah. So I had to go back out and do something with the hive, and I went back out. And, man, I got stung. And then I got stung again. I got two stings. And uh, as I was able to calm down, if you freak out, you're going to get stung more. And you get marked, and they have pheromones, and they all want to sting you, you know, so it's really not a good thing. You'll know what pheromones are. Okay. So, anyway, I got through it, and I walked away, and I thought, I'm feeling the pain in my neck. I mean, look at that nasty thing. Jesus, help me. It hurt. 
still hurts. I'm walking away and I thought, wow, that's good to be alive. Now you think that that's strange, but pain is one thing that tells you that you're alive. My daddy used to say, pain's good, son. And then he'd say, say it again. I go, pain's good. Say it again. Pain's good. <laughs> he was a Marine. Kid, night. I think, why is pain good, Dad? Because when it stops, it's good. Like, okay. I don't know if I've ascribed to that theory, but, but as I walked away, I, I began to delight in God that I was alive. I began to delight in God and rejoice in Him that He brought my wife out of ICU. That I'm not bound, I'm not addicted, and I'm not afflicted. I began to write some of that little beast thing. I'm thought, gosh, that's, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I began to delight in Him. And just rejo- You've got to learn to delight in God. Come on, somebody say delight in Him. You, when you do that, you position yourself to have your desires fulfilled. Look at the second thing the text says. Commit your ways to the Lord. Everybody say, commit your ways to the Lord. It's right there, Psalm 37. Commit your, commit your ways to the Lord. That's to say that the Lord, the Lord will wants you to, the Lord wants you to will His will. But when I go through things, when we make decisions, we're always asking. First of all, does this line up with the Word of God? Number one. Number two, because you're not everything you're going to find right there in Scripture is going to tell you. Do you buy the white couch or the black one? Do you get the Harley with the big fat chopped? tail and the whole thing. Do you get that? You don't. That's the leading of the Spirit of God. And so you have desires. Desires are one way that God leads you, but you've got to commit your ways to the Lord. You've got to ask Him, do I go to Ethiopia or I don't? Do I take this mission trip or do I don't? Do I go to church this Sunday or I don't? That's a stupid question. Scripture talks about that. You go to church. Don't forsake the gathering of the saints. All right. Unless you're working. Then work. Attach one of the other services. This is what we got Sunday night. This is what we got Tuesday. Everybody say, commit your ways to the Lord. Yeah. Ask Him for guidance. Living your life constantly saying, God, lead me. God, lead me. The next thing is, is see, trust Him in everything. You see this in verse 5. Look at verse 5. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in Him. And then it gives us a promise. He will do this. But let's talk about trusting in Him. You see, trust in Him. Trust Him that He's going to make you fruitful. So you pray in the morning that He makes your time, that He makes your time fruitful. So we pray that we trust that our prayer time is, is producing something, trusting. It's, it's linked to faith. You, you trust Him that with our money, we trust Him when we tithe. You're saying, God, I'm, I'm committed to You. You're my source. I'm not the source because I could get fired tomorrow. Okay, You're the one that gives me favor. I trust You. You tithe. And we trust Him in those ways. We trust Him with our gifts and our talents. You have a talent. Use it for the kingdom. Use it for the glory of God. Use it for the glory. And you trust Him for the, for the increase in that. We trust Him in everything in life. And here's the promise, verse 6. Look at it with me. He, and he will do this. He will make your righteous, your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Well, what does that mean? 
That means if you do that, if you delight yourself in the Lord, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land, you have safe pasture, delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart, commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will do this. Do all of that stuff, here's what He does, right? He, he makes your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. What that means is that when you're wrongly accused or misunderstood in your motives and somebody wants to point the finger and tell you that you've done this or you've done that or, or think of you in an evil way, that if you continue to live in delighting, committing your ways to Him, and entrusting Him, then He will cause that your vindication to come. And there will come a time where He will turn that around and elevate you so much so that people said, that's a righteous man or a righteous woman, and He'll bless you for it. And make even your enemies to be at peace with you. Why would you want to live outside of the plan of God anyway? Well, that's a good point, Pastor. Why would you want to live outside the plan of God? I'm going to tell you, because you're stupid. No, sorry. I'm not, that's the amplified version. It does call people stupid, so I can get away with that. No, the reason, the reason that people live outside the plan of God is because they... Listen, watch this. Because I lived outside the plan of God. I got saved and lived outside the plan of God. The reason people live outside the plan of God is very simple. Because they don't know that God actually wants to fulfill those desires, number one. They don't really know that he's good, number two. They don't really trust him. And so really all we're left with is our own skills and abilities to try to get the job done so I don't have so much pain, so I can try to get through the bills, so I can try to get onto this thing. We're just constantly trying to work it out so that we can have a good life. But what you fail to understand is that if you don't do it God's way, you won't have a good life. It took me the longest time to figure that out. Now I know when I live for Him and do the right thing, He always comes through for me. I wouldn't be surprised if I got a Harley outside for me right now. No, okay. I really don't know if it's the will of God. So I had somebody say, well, how about we get you one? No, don't, don't do that. I don't know if it's the plan of God. We have a desire to get our own house. That's the will of God. Amen. Why should I be paying somebody else's mortgage? That's just bad stewardship, people. Hello. I desire to be a good husband. That's biblical. God's fulfilling it, I hope. Desire to be a good, a good father. That's to repent all the time. I think i got to repent. Does anybody else have to repent every day? Jesus, help me right now. Everybody say, trust Him. Don't live outside the plan of God. Trust Him in every area of your life. Fourthly, and this is a heavy one. This is heavy. Watch this. Watch it now. You ready? Be still. And wait patiently for Him. Verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Now, I am not naturally a patient guy. I used to pray for patience. And somebody said, well, if you pray for patience, you're going to have a lot of irritating people come your way. And then they're going to teach you patience. I shifted my prayer life and began to claim it. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. I have it. And so I just look, that's just what I do. I don't pray for patience. If when I need it, I go, ha, I've got patience. And then I apply it in my life. But I have learned this, 
that there is frequently, watch this now, this is heavy. There is frequently a period of time between when I have a desire from God and when He brings it about. That period of time I don't care for too much. However, it is in that period of time that I have found that God prepares me, builds character in me if I allow Him to have His perfect work, raises me up, changes me, positions me, so that when the desire comes, I'm able to handle it. So some you know, so we just like McDonald's. I have a number four. Heavy on a mayonnaise. You roll up, get the bag. First thing I do, reach in cold fries. I need fresh fries, Because right? I ain't eat no cold McDonald's fries. I'm a child of God. I ain't eating no cold McDonald's French fries. Cold McDonald's French fries are straight, basically from hell. The only good McDonald's French fry. Does anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? I want them hot. I want them a little glistening off the top. I want just the right amount of salt because when they're cold, they're nasty. You can't heat those things up. They're just terrible. You know, we want it like that. Give me, give me my fries, you know. That's not how it is in God. He gives you a desire. And we're going to look at Mark 11 in a minute. You can turn there if you like. He gives you desire, and then there's this period of time, and you have to be still and wait and know that He's God. You have to be patient. There's a man, I just heard this testimony, his name is Zev Pratt. He's a Jew, lives in Jerusalem. Great story. Comes from a Messianic, uh, pardon me, comes from a, a, an Orthodox Jewish family. They wear their black hats and they have the, the hair and they do it around the ear and the whole thing. Anybody know? Everybody seen that? Okay. Everybody been to New York City in the Diamond District? You see that all the time. It's amazing. Those guys walk around with hundreds of thousands of dollars in diamonds in their pockets and nobody touches them. They're never robbed. You never hear of a Hasidic Jew being robbed. Anyway. He comes from a family, Orthodox Jewish family. He hears the gospel and uh, rejects it. He's communicating with this man from America, and basically it goes on. He, he, this man wins him over, and he gives his life to Christ. He makes a public declaration that Jesus is, is the Messiah, and he becomes what is called a Messianic Jew. He's then completely rejected by his family. He then sees uh, his grandfather calls him to the house for a family meeting and asks him to renounce Christ, Jesus Christ, as the Messiah. He would not. His grandfather throws a dish at him and splits his head wide open, and they all divorce him as being a part of the Pratt family. He's no longer part of the family. You can no longer be a part of the family, period. He and his wife, his wife now saved, they begin to lose everything. The job finds that he's a manager at a job. They find out that he's a Messianic Jew. They fire him. His grandmother dies and leaves him 1.5, the equivalent of $1.5 million with one stipulation. You must reject Jesus as the Messiah and you can have the money. If you do not reject Jesus as the Messiah, you may not have the money. He chose Jesus. Lost the money, lost his job. Soon they ran out of savings. Soon they had to leave their apartment. They lived in a tent. They had to live outside. I think they moved to some location where there was a beach or something like that, and they were able to try to put it together, constantly going to church, seeking God. He goes to the, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, and 
as I'm, as I'm told, and he walks to the, the tomb. He's there, and a man comes up to him. This is now a year, one year after he's saved. Gone all through all this, rejected by his family, lost his job, sleeping, homeless, loving God with all his heart. A man walks up to him and says, are you a Messianic Jew? He says, well, yes, I am. And he asks him again, are you a Messianic Jew? Yes, I am. So you believe in Jesus as Messiah? He says, yes, I do. He says, the Lord says to you that he's going to bring great blessing your way. And then he says again, the Lord says to you, he's going to bring great blessing your way. And the man walks off, disappears. He thought, well, amen. Three days later, he gets contacted by a former employer who... Who's, or an ins- but it was an insurance company. He was in some kind of an accident. or They couldn't find him. It's, it's one of these freaky things. They couldn't find him to give him his $10,000 check. So they eventually found him. They gave him his $10,000 check. He moved back into an apartment. Three days after that, he was contacted by a former employer for some employee stock ownership plan or some crazy thing that he didn't even know he was a part of. He got $15,000. He then got hired by, by, the, gov- by the government. The, the, the minister of defense hired him. He had put an application at the leading of the Lord. He now is making more money and has greater blessing on his life than he ever had before he received Jesus. And I heard this testimony and I'm thinking, what about the year? Man, a year. See, some of you are in the year. Some of you are in this period where you're thinking like, I don't know about this serving God. It's painful. Look, you'll go through painful stuff. You'll go through death. You'll go through difficulty. You'll go through being rejected. You will go, if you haven't been offended in this church, it's coming soon. It's all part of your training to be more Christ-like. And if you continue to keep keeping on and you keep steady and you keep focused and you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. The enemy will flee if you resist him just because you haven't got your hot french fries tonight. He's got some french fries for you. He does. Come on. Yes, he does. Come on, somebody say yes. He does have blessing for you. We just want it now. Like a little baby pounding her fist on the side of a crib. I want my blessing. I'm going to tell you something. That is the last thing I ever give a baby. You scream and yell, you can wait. Hell will freeze before. You better not, you better not reward your kid when he's throwing a fit. Because then you raise people that are 50 years old that throw fits when they don't get what they want and they don't stay in marriages and they don't have any. Ca- Come on, I'm preaching in here. Don't have character. Don't know how to wait. Don't know how to pray through. Adult children. And I was one. So I qualify. I'm qualified to tell you about it. Don't laugh too hard. (laughs) You know, sometimes when you're waiting, that's the opportunity that you take to express your faith. The expressing of your faith on your way to desire is critical. All right, God's speaking to us. What do you desire? What good thing do you desire? You should know what they are because they should be touch points in your prayer life. I desire revival. I desire a reformation. 
I don't care if Mickey Mouse is preaching. I just want to be in a place where there's people, so many people coming, that you have to couple, come, come a couple hours early. There's people's faces are pressed up against a window. Signs, wonders, miracles, people being set free, people being saved. Come on. I just want to be a part of something like that. I think it's coming to Alaska. I believe that. was on a call with, with um, Lou Engel, and uh, they were talking about some prophetic words that, were, that I'm not able to share. Very heavy duty, though, and my spirit bear witness to it. They asked us not to share them at this time, so we will not. But I will tell you one thing that he said that I've heard over and over and prophesied myself is this, is that Alaska is supposed to be a, is supposed to be a place of refuge. I got a phone call from Mickey Robinson, a prophet that was here just a, a number of months ago. And he said, you know, I've I, uh, been praying for your wife. He found out that, you know, she needed prayer. He said, but, you know, something's happening in Alaska. Now, he is totally unconnected to these folks. Totally different stream, although he knows Lou Engel and was friends with him and all that. But they didn't know he's coming up here for the call. Don't miss any of the stuff that happens for the call. Don't, I'm telling you, don't miss Friday night here. There's a shift that's taken place. And he says, Mickey Robinson says, you know, I just feel like the Lord is saying this, that Alaska is a place of refuge. How many times I got to hear that? I have a desire to be a part of that. That's a good desire. So as we wait and we pray, and people backstab you and reject you and different things happen, and that's just all to build your character. Just, just stay on course. Be faithful. Delight yourself in God. Trust in the Lord. All right. Keep your lives holy. This is important. Keep your lives holy so your desires will be right. You don't want to get in this situation that I've seen many people, I've even found myself in it, where they allow a desire to fill them, originating from an evil desire. And it can be camouflaged. It can be an all in camo. Philippians 4.8 talks about what sort of things are pure and holy, noble, admirable, praiseworthy. Think on these things. That's what you should think on. If it's not good, not pure, not holy, not admirable, not praiseworthy, guess what? You're not supposed to think on it. Don't think about it. Put it out of your mind. Take every thought captive and make it obedient. Don't allow your mind to become a sewer. Hello? Because what you allow in your mind will influence your desires. Let the Lord, through His Word, fill your mind. Let the Word fill your mind. Be in church so you can hear messages and get touched and be in worship and build relationships with people that will love you and hold you accountable. Colossians 3, 5, watch this. Put to death, there, put to death, that's pretty violent. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. 2 Timothy 2, 22. Flee the evil desires of your youth. Flee. You know what that means? That's not a little bug that hops on, on the dog's back. Flee means run! Run away! And this is for somebody... I remember I got saved. I went back to, to try to put a marriage that I was divorced, try to put that back together because I knew I was Superman because I had Jesus, so everything was going to work out for me. And whatever I desired to do would happen. I went to go do that. Didn't happen. And 
The Lord gave me a word that said, if you ever feel like you're going to lose it and get violent, run. And I began to get beat on by my ex-wife. I'm talking a big beating. I'm not talking like a little slap in the face. I'm talking about knock down, drag out, kick you where you shouldn't be kicked, punch your face, knock your lights out, break your nose, looking for frying pans, beating. Isn't God good? God is good, man. He delivered me. I don't know what He did for you, but He he delivered me. (laughs) And so, as I'm taking the beating, this rage wells up. And uh, this is for somebody. This rage wells up, and that's the last hit homie's going to take. And then the Eucharist knows what happens next. You begin to you begin to swing, you're, you you know fight or flight. And all I heard from the Lord is because I was in prayer. He had spoke to me about certain things to flee, to run. I heard the Lord. He might have shouted at me, "Run, son, run!" Do you know what I did? I ran at the front door, opened the front door, ran out the door in the winter, down the street, full throttle sprint till I could not run any. More. I was miles from my house, ex house, going to. Yes, God! Some of you need to flee some stuff like that. You go home, you hang out with people you shouldn't hang out with, you listen to music you should never listen to it, and you wonder why all these evil desires constantly come, and your mind is filled with, with wickedness, lust, perversion. You've got dreams that overwhelm you in the night, and you're wondering like, oh, the devil's really beating on me. Get me a break. You've been drinking out of the sewer pipe for years, and you wonder why you've got evil desires. You need to flee that stuff. Get off the Internet. Turn off the porn. Get rid of the stuff. Get away from brother idiot who's constantly seducing you to go to the bar. Get away from people who will cause you to have desires that are evil. Get away from foul-mouthed people. Get away from men who don't take care of their wives. Hang out with people who take care of their husbands and hang, hang take care of their wives. Who take care of their kids. Learn to live the good life. It's absolutely worth it. If it wasn't, I wouldn't be doing it. That's just how I'm wired up. I do the most radical, fun thing. This is it. I found it. Because I did all the other stuff. This is way better. Can somebody say amen? amen. Oh. 1 Peter 2.11. Are you all there? You all right? Come on, hurry up. 1 Peter 2.11. It's a great scripture. Okay, look at B. Your desires are the seedbed for your miracles. Now, I know you told you to turn to Mark 11, 24. We're going to look at it right now. You thought I forgot. Therefore, I like the King James. Therefore, I say unto you, that whatsoever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Let me read it again. Whatsoever things ye desire when ye pray, Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Pray about your desires. Your dire desires are a way that God's leading you. Pray. Pray. I can tell you countless miracles. Look at two. Have faith. That means to take action. Take action. Have, have faith. Pray for your miracle, but have faith. Take, take action. Move. Take steps towards the desire. I desire to... I mean, God hit me. I think I got a devil broke off of me. I was on the right, right-hand side of the 
the altar area. I'm on the ground in a pair of surf shorts and a ripped t-shirt. And God says, you're going to preach my word. I thought, awesome. I think that's impossible, though, because... No, 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 you're going to preach my word. And my spirit was like, yes, you're going to preach the word of God. It's what you've been made for. And then my mind is all, dude, you got the wrong guy. I was like, no, no, because I, you, don't, you, don't use, you don't use dudes like me. But it rang in my heart. And I kept holding on to it. I would drive out to a remote place of, of Maui called Hana. And I, I used to say, you know what, I'm going to preach this word. So I started preaching. I preached to cows. I preach to cows, bovine. I preach to cows. Cows. And man, the, I'm not kidding. I, I, I had a scripture for it. Preach to all of creation. I would, I would hike up this hill where nobody would see me. I'd go to, these, go to these cows. I'd open up in prayer. And I'd say, we stand at the end of time where we can see all of time as we know it closed. We're on the precipice of the close of all time. I'd preach my brains out. I tried to act like T.D. Jakes, and I tried to do the Benny Hinn thing. I had hair back then, and I'd like flip it over. I mean, I just tried all kinds of stuff. I mean, I had to find my rhythm, you know? I had to find the me. You feeling me? And then I, and then I got into ministry... And, and started helping with small groups and stuff. But every Tuesday night, you'll love this. Mike, I knew Micah since he was like, I don't know, here somewhere. How, I don't know, 10, 11, something like that. He's like born in like 1990, whatever. Okay, so every Tuesday I would do the young adults. I would help with the young adults. And I always had to walk to the back of the church. I would have to walk through a 2,000-seat auditorium, which was the main church, and it was always dark on Tuesday night. Now, here's what I did. I knew God had called me to preach, and I was taking steps of faith. I was praying, God, make a way for me because I can't stand to work in the world not one more day. And it was many years that I prayed that prayer. And I would take these steps of faith, and I was doing my schooling. I would come in the side door by the prayer garden. And I would walk in, and I'd look, and it would be dark. I'd look, and I'd say, oh. And usually if somebody's there, oh. You know, I go, whee. Little Hawaiian thing. That's nobody, nobody, whee, back. So I think, okay, it's cool. I'd go up to the pulpit. And I'd say, I've got a word from God tonight. And I would preach my brains out, man, for like three minutes. Everything I had, the fresh revelation that I had from my quiet time and my dancing with Jesus, my delight time. I did that for months and months and months, and I will never forget. I had this great word. I forget what it was. It was about the pillars of Joaquin and Boaz or something. Oh, I had this. I'm getting touched now just thinking about it. Praise the Lord. I get up into the pulpit. I... I I quote the text, and I begin to preach, and I feel the fire of God. And when I'm done, I said, can you say amen? And, and Dave Morocco was in the back row. Now, Dave Morocco is Pastor Morocco's brother. He said, amen, brother, amen, hallelujah. He was just totally encouraged. I thought, oh, no, I'm busted. I'm behind Dr. Morocco's pulpit. Listen, God's given you a desire to have a business. Start learning how to do books. Start learning how to manage. God's given you a desire for...
effort to be a school teacher, get back in school. Get your degree. God's giving you the desire to be a worship leader. Learn instruments. Learn to read music. Get plugged in. Serve. God's given my daughter a desire to write music. She writes music every single week. She's writing a song at 11 years old. She's going to produce a CD. Nobody told her you couldn't do it at 11, so she's doing it. Then all of a sudden she sees some stuff on YouTube with like four-year-olds that sing like their operatic voices of, you know, somebody who's 40. She realizes, I can do it. She has a desire. She's working out some songs before church. She's moving in faith. Guess what? I'm a helper. She's going to make a CD. Praise God. She said, now I think Christine could take the picture. And that could be on the front CD cover. She's got it all planned out. You pray about your desires. You have faith. You take, ex- you take steps of faith. Endless examples. One more radio station we wanted to build out of Molokai. The income on Molokai couldn't pay for the radio station. There had never been a radio station on Molokai. But we just had a plan. I really wanted to do it. We reached our hands towards a closet. This is like a little side room that's sometimes used for storage over here. Sometimes it's used for a guest speaker. This little door right here. It'd be like reaching to this door. Go ahead, try it. And saying, God, thank you for our radio station that's going to be in that room, Lord. Bring it forth in Jesus' name. Do you know what happened? There's a radio, The only radio station on Molokai is the one that we built with no money to do it. We reached our hands out, and it came, and it came to pass. When that thing went on the air that night, I just grabbed the, because it was lots of radio stations with just milk toast Christianity, no fire stuff. And I just love the fire. Anybody love the fire? I grabbed that mic and said, that's the first thing I did on the air. We're K-A-I-O-M, Holy Ghost Radio. All right. Lots of examples. Your miracle begins with desire. Micah, would you come? Last point. The Bible encourages us us to desire certain things. I want you to turn. This is the last scripture we'll look at. 1 Corinthians 12. (coughs) Verse 31. I want everybody there. You need to see this. If some of you are like, I want to learn to prophesy. Or some of you think that just like the prophet angel came and touched somebody so they could prophesy. Wrong-o. That might happen for some people, but mostly it's somebody who just had a desire and wanted to, wanted to move and flow in the gifts and the power of the Holy, Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 31, but covet earnestly. Everybody say covet. Now, the Bible says that thou shalt not covet. The Apostle Paul is saying, covet earnestly. In other words, eagerly desire, earnestly covet the best gifts. The best gifts. In other words, there is a principle of spiritual coveting that you can covet gifts. What's his name? Our dear brother John Harkey. We'll have him back, I'm sure. He has such an amazing, gift, accurate gift. It gets Every year, he gets sharper and sharper and sharper in his prophetic gifting. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I knew him 
we, we were peers. And that guy was one of the most irritating individuals I've ever met in my life. Oh, yeah, pastors get irritated. <laughs> Anybody ever been irritated? And he was, like, kind of goofy. And you know, he needed healing and stuff. I mean, so did I. I'm, I'm probably, I'm sure I needed more than he did. <laughs> I was critical. He wasn't a cool guy, you know. And he would say things like, hey, um, you want to see how long we can pray in tongues? And they're like, dude, get away from me, man. You know what I mean? Let's, do, let's go do some prophetic acts. Let's go do some prophetic acts. Come on, pick up your bow. Quickly, pick up your bow and pull the arrow. Come on, you pull it. I'm like, it's just too weird for me. You know, I, I just couldn't relate to him at all. Yeah, the guy who dances with Jesus, who you can't see. I'm getting all critical about some dude who picks up a fake bow. I don't know. The bottom line is, he prayed earnestly that God would give him the gift of prophecy. And I remember him standing up to give a word of the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord early on. And he would stand up and say, "Yea, my children, Amen." I'd be like. Where's the words, you know? Uh, but later on, he'd stand up and say, Yeah, my children, the Lord says I love you. And when he said that, ooh, I felt this witness of the love of God. Time went on, and he began to stand up and prophesy accurate words. And then, and then he was gone. Then he left. I couldn't figure out what happened. You know what he did? God told him, you're going into full-time ministry. I'm sitting around the world. He was going to become a contractor. He earnestly coveted the gift of prophecy, he ended up, he had a desire to do something for God. He began to step out in faith. He ended up, you know what he does? He travels around the world now for 15 years, preaches all over the place, has his revival. I mean, the guy is a firebrand, an accurate prophet, good friend of mine. God anointed all his little quirky stuff. All the little quirky stuff, it's all anointed now. And he's one of my very, he's one of my very, very good friends. Your miracle begins with desire. Okay, come on, sister. You got a word? Come on. What do you got? I want you all to pray in the Holy Ghost for a second. Pray, everybody, everybody, pray in the Spirit. Just pray for a second. gave me a dream. It's been a couple months ago, and I came in here, and I told Trenton about the dream, and it was a few weeks after that the pastor mentioned the dream, so I knew I was supposed to tell the dream, and it was a dream where I was about four seats back, where I always sit on the aisle, and Trenton was about four seats back, and the pastor was in the front, and we were singing and praising the Lord, and all of a sudden I felt I saw a ball of fire come out of the pastor and land up here somewhere in front, and I started praising again, going, I want that, I want that, and pretty soon I saw another ball come out of fire, I saw like ping pong, boop, and it hit Trenton, 
And I said, <laughs> I said, I want that. I want that. Now I'm really praying and looking up and praising the Lord. And all of a sudden I saw the ceiling peel back. And then I woke up. Okay, that's my dream. And here's the word that the Lord would have me say to you. It says, for the yoke that they bore and the stick on their back, the rod of their taskmaster, you have broken as on the day of Midian. Truly, all the boots put on to stomp with and all the garments stoned in infamy have been fed to the flames. That's about the that's Yeshua. That's who he's talking about. But what he wants us to know is this house he built because he wants to peel the, the ceiling off. He is teaching us right now to come together as one and praise and worship him with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength because he has something for this place. He has something for this city. He has something for Alaska. And I was coming here Friday at noon, and I was praising the Lord. It just comes up out of me, and it's always, God, how fortunate we are to have this place to come to. This man hears the Holy Spirit, obeys the Holy Spirit, and we have this freedom to do what the Lord has us to do. And then one other thing, there's a secret. He wants you to know the secret. You approach your father like a child would approach his father. That's how you approach him. Come on, stand up on your feet now. Come on, let's do that right now. Let's just go after God. Come on, go after God. Come on, go after Him. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, how many of you got a good desire in your heart? You know it's from God. It's a good one. Come on, talk to Jesus about it. We're almost done tonight.
knowing that you're going to cause the desires to be birthed and to be brought about. Release faith tonight. We want more. We want more of you. Come, Holy Spirit. One more thing. There is an assignment from hell to crush your dreams. A dream-killing, covenant-breaking spirit. And if you tonight realize that your dreams have been squelched by the fire of adversity, or maybe you're in a waiting period that has taken so long you just gave up, if that's you, I want you just to come to the front right now as a statement that you want God to reignite those dreams. You want God to breathe on you afresh. Come on, some of you need patience. just has uh, got his hand mightily upon you, though you might not sense it, and have felt pushed down, rejected, and spurned, the Lord has hemmed you in. I see, I see a, a group of people praying for you that have interceded and prayed and literally spared your life. Many, many times, many times. You should have lost your life. You are standing here as a miracle testimony of the power of prayer and the grace of God.
try to bring a malaise and a weariness in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray let faith arise as we still ourselves, as we wait patiently. You are going to come through and bring the desires of our heart as we delight ourselves in you. Because it was your idea to begin with. The whole thing is God's idea. He's the one that birthed it. Now you can't, you don't have the gifts, you don't have the talent, but the anointing will flow through you to do it. Holy Spirit, fire. The scriptures say, I think it's it's God who causes you to will and act according to his good purpose. Where is that, babe? Philippians 2.13, it's God who works in you to will and act according to his good purpose. Watch this. God puts a will on the inside of you. So you begin to take steps of faith so his purpose comes about. That's how it works. Lord, let your fire come. Burn off all the dross and release dreamers again. Release visionaries. Release people with godly desires who will delight themselves in you. Break a religious spirit tonight off of people that they might delight themselves in you in the name of Jesus. Not hemmed in by tradition or regulations, but an intimate love relationship with you, Father. We want more. We want more of you. Come on, just hunger for God. Come, come. Jesus. Come on, sing it again. Come, come, Holy Spirit. We want more of you. Thank you, Jesus. So dream. Dream big. Now, one more thing, and we'll close our service tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, we want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Him for the first time or make a recommitment to Him all across this place. If that's you, I'm going to give your heart to Jesus. Just slip your hand up right now. God bless you right there in the back. God bless you. See that hand? God bless you. Awesome. God bless you. All right. Anybody else? Maybe you're online. God bless you. I see that hand right there. Let's pray this all together. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising on the grave for me. Forgive me, God, for messing up, for all of my wrongdoing, for all of my sin. I'm sorry. Wash me now. Cleanse me. Make me new. I'm coming to you the best way I know how. Come into my heart. Come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, come and just touch, fill. 
Strengthen your people. That ball of fire, Trent, that's from God. Brace yourself. (laughs) Come on, somebody say, that's for me too. Come on, just one more moment. Just reach your hands up, lift your hearts to the Lord, and just ask Him to fill you with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Come on, you need the anointing. Look, if you don't get filled with the Spirit, then you're like driving a car that's got no gas, man. You need some fire. You need some power. You need some juice. Holy Spirit, touch, fill your people. I see the hand of the Lord coming upon you in a mighty, mighty, mighty way. Literally, it's like a... a from the from the pulpit, as I looked out upon you, I saw a radiance and and a, and a glory just beginning to come upon you. And anytime I see that, I usually just join in with God and say that God is bringing about favor, and you're going to have a dramatic release of blessings coming your way over this next new season. It is absolutely a brand new season. You're to declare it and you're to proclaim it, and you're going to see God restore relationships. You're going to see God bring new people in. There is a new dynamic and you've sensed it because the Lord has wired you up even like a, with the, the, the like the sons of Issachar knowing times and seasons. There's a prophetic gifting that's on the inside of you and God is going to cause that to really bubble up out of your belly in the next days and months that are yet ahead. Give yourself fully to me, says God, and I will absolutely do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that you could even ask or think or imagine. And I'm going to cause a, a fresh wind to come upon your physical body. I see God touching your body. I see the Lord touching and bringing a refreshing and even a healing. Jesus, thank you. Heal and touch whatever needs to be healed and touched there in the name of the Lord. Stir up the gift of the evangelist and joy. You walk in a room, it'll be like somebody turned the lights on. Holy Spirit, fire! Woo! Lord, bless Bless Jesus. Bless and touch your people tonight. Amen. Did you get something from God tonight? Take someone by the hand. Take someone by the hand. So so blessed that you came. I'm gonna prophesy this over this house. Even tonight. There is a there is a shifting that's taking place that's taken place in the heavenlies where there's a greater release of of the prophetic mandate and calling that's upon this house and I'm going to raise up prophetic voices right from this right from this group of people oh we've got a training too we have a training I forgot don't miss it it's coming the instituting all kinds of protocol and, and releasing imparting imparting and seeing God just raise up a bunch of people that hear the voice of God how many of you think that'd be great so Lord do that but I I, I sense a greater accuracy and an increase in the prophetic. And even as I look out, I just see words over over people all over the place. It's almost overwhelming because I'm, I'm weighing whether I should give those or hold them. But I, I sense that the Lord wants me to hold them. So you better just come back to church next time. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. God is great. Amen. Let's pray for each other. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for what you've done tonight. Bless your people, God. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. 
and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll hope to see you Sunday. Be a part of everything that's happening Friday night. Don't miss Friday night, 7 o'clock. Body of Christ is turning out. Let's pack the place. It's going to be great.